shame to suffer for being a Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by his name. Last week, I challenged this family to meditate on this scripture from 1 Peter 4.16. And it says just that, but it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by his name. How are you doing with it? Did you place it around areas of your life? Did you speak it out loud? Did you memorize it? Have you praised God for the privilege of being called by his name? Let his word in today. Let it take root and witness it grow in your life. Hey, I want to welcome you to Miami Valley Church. My name is Pastor Jed, and I am so thankful to get to worship and follow our Lord alongside of you in your house church today. If this is your first time joining us, or this is your first time being part of a house church, I want to say welcome. We've been going through the book of Acts, looking at the early church. Jesus has ascended into heaven. The Holy Spirit has come. Salvation comes in the name of Jesus. And the church is growing. It's exciting. It's, it's so exciting to get to witness this as we are going through the book of Acts. But last week, we looked at persecution. And it shouldn't surprise us that right on the heels of the Holy Spirit coming in the church, bursting into life, just four chapters in, and the enemy is trying to steal, he's trying to kill, and he's trying to destroy because that's what he does. And it shouldn't surprise us because, remember, Satan despises anything good. From the very beginning, he has always wanted to divide and devour. And right there, in chapter 4 of the book of Acts, we see that not everyone is excited about the church growing. Not everyone is exciting about the good news being preached. Not everyone is excited about the name of Jesus being proclaimed all over. In fact, the very ones who put Jesus on the cross, they thought that they had done away with him once and for all. They thought that putting him in that tomb was going to be the end of him, that his message was never going to go out anymore. But we read in this account that there are two followers of Jesus named Peter and John, and they are telling people all over about him. And they even heal a man who has been unable to walk for over 40 years. How incredible is that? Scripture says that many people are hearing the message and witnessing the miraculous. And it says the church is growing and that should just bring you joy. That should just give you excitement. But these religious leaders, they want to put a stop to it. They're more worried about their political position and their agenda. And they don't want to upset Rome. And that's where we're going to be picking back up today. So here's what I want to do in your house church. I'm going to ask if someone would read out loud for your house church, Acts 4, 1 through 31. Yes, that's right. Acts 4, 1 through 31, because I want you to see the whole story. But before we do that today, I'm going to ask that, that someone in your house church, and maybe all of you, would just pray together. Would you praise the Lord together and give him thanks for the word that he is going to give us today? Would you praise him? for the privilege of being called by his name? Would you thank him for the way that he is going to reveal himself to us? Would you give him praise for the wisdom that he provides? Would you pray that our hearts would be open to receive his word today and that we would be obedient to the things that he is going to show us? There's gonna be a timer that comes up on the broadcast. Go ahead and just hit pause. I'm gonna ask that you just pray together. Would you have someone read Acts 4, 1 through 31 out loud? And if something gets your attention, would you just share that in your house church? And then we'll come back together and we're going to take a closer look at this together. And so let's go before him right now in prayer in your house church and then read Acts 4, 1 through 31. 
Hey, I am so excited to dive deeper into this text together as we feast on the word that God has for us. The first thing I want us to see is this. Family, these are real people in a real place at a real time. Do not forget that. Look at verse 13. It says, When they observed the boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and recognized that they had been with Jesus. Amen. I think it's easy for us to hear this account and think, wow, the boldness of these guys to stand before this council and to proclaim Jesus the way that they did. One, just to have the boldness to speak this. And two, to have the knowledge these guys had. And when we think about applying it to our lives, when we, when we make it real in our lives, most of the time our initial reaction can be, well, I can never do that. I'm, I would never be good enough to do that. One, I would never be able to take a stand like they did, to have the boldness that they did. And two, I don't know that much about the Bible, and I would end up looking silly. And sadly, these are the thoughts that we allow to control us, to tell us that we're not good enough, to, to tell us that we don't have it all together. Family, don't miss what this passage says. It says, when they observed the boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were uneducated, and untrained men, they were amazed and recognized that they had been with Jesus. Number one thing right here, God can and will use anyone, and that includes you today. Write this down. Write this down. I hope that, I hope that you're bringing a notebook or a journal to House Church. I want to encourage you. If you're not, would you start? bringing a journal or a notebook and write these truths down. Family, the enemy is so good at what he does. And if you don't think that he will distract you and get your attention off of God's word as quickly as possible, then you have been fooled. Spend time with the Lord. Read his word. Write it down. Go back to it. Meditate on it. That's why I have been encouraging you. That's why we have been challenging you to get God's word in front of you, to get it inside of you. Let it in. Let it take root and witness it grow in your life. And so write this down. Number one, God can use anyone, and that includes you. Look at these disciples. We see that several of them are unschooled, just ordinary men. Peter, Andrew, James, and John, they were all fishermen. They didn't have years of seminary schooling or advanced training, and there's nothing wrong with that. But the point is this, God is capable of using whoever he wants, whenever he wants, wherever he wants, and that includes you today. You listening to this right now. See, in our eyes, we typically think the best and the brightest are the most qualified, but God operates differently. In the book of Matthew, there is a large crowd, probably around 10,000 in total, that Jesus is preaching to, and it becomes late, and the crowd begins uh, to, to get hungry. And all of the ways, all of the ways that he could have fed this huge crowd, that they could have fed this huge crowd. Jesus uses a small boy, just five loaves of bread and two fish. And he blesses them and he provides an abundance for the crowd. In fact, there's more than they could even eat. And this is what God does. This is how he operates. He takes our insufficiencies to display his power and to bring himself glory. Amen. When the people needed a king, we thought it would have been someone who was skilled or wise or, or had this great experience and knowledge. But God provided a shepherd boy named David. When the children of Israel were bound in slavery, of all the ways God could have saved his people, of all the ways, he chose to use Moses, a fugitive who didn't even speak well. And he can do the same in your life. 
last week in our house church, I was teaching uh, the kids in our house church about Moses and how he didn't think he was qualified. I said Moses was afraid because he didn't think he could even speak well, and he was worried that Pharaoh uh, or the, and the Israelites, they wouldn't listen to him. Who, who was he? And I had all these kids, I, I had them make a face that, that looked afraid. I said, show me your afraid face, because that's how Moses felt. But God, God wanted Moses to listen to him, and most importantly, to trust God. But I believe this face that I had these kids make, I, I believe this is what happens. This is the face that we walk around with. But when we place our faith in God and we trust him, our focus goes off of the things that we think we are incapable of or the things that we think we lack. And it allows God to, to work through us in ways that we never thought were possible. Hebrews 11 is filled with a list of ordinary, not random, but specific people that God used to fulfill his purpose. And what did they all have in common that empowered them to be used? Faith. In every one of these accounts, it says that by faith, all these people died still believing what God had promised them. How's your faith today? I want to ask you, how is your faith? What area in your life are you feeling like you are incapable? What area in your life do you feel like you're lacking? Where have you given up that God can use you? What's too big for God? How is he calling you to trust him and allow him to operate through you? Will you trust him today? Why do you not think you're good enough? God can use anyone, and that is including you listening to this right now. The second thing I need you to see today is where our power actually comes from that, that gives us boldness. Family, our power is Christ. One of the easiest ways to share the good news about Jesus is to share what Christ is doing in your life. Peter gives us testimony that, that was only through the name of Jesus that a crippled man could be healed. What's your testimony? I want to ask you, what is your testimony? What has happened in your life that can only be explained by Christ? And once again, I think this is, this is where we can become fearful. Oh, my story isn't good enough. My, my, my story isn't that dramatic as, as that other person's testimony. Why would anyone want to hear about me, just boring old me? And we let these lies from the enemy just keep us quiet instead of boldly proclaiming Jesus and all that he has done. It doesn't have to be this dramatic, this, this big, huge, dramatic story. Just the truth about what Jesus is doing in you and through you. And that is amazing. Family, just this week I got to share my testimony. And it reminded me of all that Jesus has done in my life. And it was incredible, the work that he has done in my life. And I don't say that to boast arrogantly about anything great about me. But to praise King Jesus, to bring him glory. Jesus saw a sinner like me. And he has radically changed my life. And he continues to radically change my life. He continues to take away things in my life that don't look like him. He continues to mold me to look more and more like him. To be used by him in ways that I never thought were possible. Ways that I could never see. People that I never thought that I could ever be in front of. And places that I never thought I would be, never thought that were reachable. And that's what I get to share. I get to share about Jesus and what he has done in my life, the things that he is doing in me and through me. Family, God can use anyone, and that includes you. Make it personal today. 
and you get to share what Jesus has done in your life with you all around the, or with people all around you that he has placed all around you. Have you forgotten the privilege of being called by his name? You are called by his name. And maybe that needs to become part of your prayer. God, put me in front of someone today to tell them about you. What if it were that simple? God, put me in front of someone today to tell them about you. Can you imagine if the church started praying like this? God, just put us in front of someone today to tell them about you. That's the boldness of proclaiming Jesus. Watch who he puts before you. Look where, look where he will take you and witness how he will work. Family, I'm getting excited. What if, what if we could really get a hold of this today? What if the church started praying like this? Number one, God can use anyone, and that includes you. Make it personal today. Number two, don't miss the power of Jesus. Scripture says that when Jesus is lifted up, he will draw people to himself. The lifting up of Jesus on the cross is the captivating influence that pulls human hearts to him. Only Jesus can do that. We can't. The third thing I want us to see today is this. Number three, we must choose the ways of God over the ways of men. Right here in chapter 4 of Acts, we, we see persecution come in. And it would be so easy for these guys to stop preaching. It would be so easy to become fearful and to just give up and, the, and give in to the high officials opposing them. Jesus has been crucified. He has ascended into heaven. The church is, is brand new, and it could be perceived as very fragile. Imagine with me the lies that, that must be going through these guys' minds. We only have so much. There's only so many of us. We are, are so few in number. Does anyone even care about this? Look at all those who are against it. If we would give up, we can still fall back into this. And I believe the enemy is speaking the same lie into you today. What lie do you need to stop listening to today? Would you trust the Lord that he can take your insufficiencies and display his incredible power to bring himself glory in your life. He can use anyone, and that includes you today. But Peter and John were well aware of the threat of persecution as they declared that they would continue proclaiming the name of Jesus. They couldn't stop telling about Jesus. Don't miss what that says today in verses 19 and 20. It says, but Peter and John replied, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. Amen. When's the last time you, you listening to this today, when was the last time you were so captivated by God that you could not stop talking about it? Would you be honest today? If your answer to that question is never, or a very long time ago, I want to encourage you to spend time with him. In fact, I'm begging you as your pastor to get silent before him and to listen to his voice. I'm begging you. He is faithful family. He will never leave you disappointed. He will never leave you feeling unsatisfied. He will meet you. But right here in this text, it's almost like we see uh, the fear of two options here. The high officials have arrested Peter and John. They have, they have interrogated them. They've, they brought them before this council. Now they've kicked them back out and uh, out of the chamber. Now they're bringing them back. They're trying to determine what to do with them because of, of the uprising that could happen here, the rioting that could happen here. And they're, they're demanding them to be quiet. But Peter and John replied, Do you think God wants us to obey you 
rather than to obey him. We cannot stop telling everything that we have seen and heard. Family, it's, it's the fear of man versus the fear of God. 2,000 years ago, they were wanting to stop the message of Jesus. And still today, we are seeing it happen all over our, our culture, all over our world. They are still wanting the message of Jesus to be quiet. But we weren't called to just fit into the culture. We weren't, we weren't called to just conform. We were called to be a light in the darkness. And so often we get wrapped up in what others think of us, what others could do to us, what others could say about us. And we allow that fear to paralyze us, to not act in how God calls us to trust him. We allow that fear to silence us. And it's a fear of losing power versus glorifying God. So often we get so consumed by the position in life that we think that we have. And it's the fear of losing that position that holds us back. You know the number one way to avoid this pitfall? It's right there in the text. It's to praise the Lord. Look at verses 21 and 22. It says, The council then threatened them further, but they finally let them go because they didn't know how to punish them without starting a riot. For everyone was praising God. Don't miss that. For everyone was praising God for this miraculous sign. The healing of a man who had been lame for more than 40 years. When we praise the Lord, it keeps our eyes focused on Jesus. And we understand that we don't deserve to be in this place of undeserved privilege. And that he is the one who is actually in control of everything. And that should terrify us. But at the same time, that should give us peace. What just seems out of control in your life? He is in control of it. Would you stare at him today? The one who is in control of everything. And as we stare at him, we see that we were created to bring him glory above anything else. And how do we do that? Family, God created us in his image to share in his glory, to share in his glory. He has given us gifts, each one of us handcrafted in our own unique way, specifically designed with these gifts. And he equips us to honor him with our lives, to pour out our lives as a sacrifice. You listening to this right now, you were handcrafted by the creator of the universe. You were not a mistake. You were made in his image, given specific gifts, set aside for specific work, planned in advance for only you to fulfill, all to bring him glory. Have you forgotten this truth today? God can use anyone, and that includes you. Make it personal today. Write that down right now. God can use me. Don't miss the power that is in you. Jesus, we get to tell about him and the wonderful things that he has done. Live a life that fulfills your purpose on this earth to glorify God. Amen. The last thing I want you to see today is that God hears our prayers. Have you forgotten that he hears every word that comes from your mouth and even the things unspoken that are in the depths of your heart? And that should make us tremble. Acts 2, 24 says, As soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. Master, creator of heaven and earth and the sea and everything in them. And the first thing I want to ask you is this. Is this the first place you go before the Lord in prayer and praise? Is this the first place you go? No matter what the situation, is this the first place you go 
before the Lord in prayer and praise. Don't miss how they address God in praise. The very first word they use, look at it, it's master. Here they are. They've been they've been arrested. They've been they've been thrown into uh, this council. They've been they've been interrogated. They've been thrown out of the council. They've been brought back. They've been released by the council. But 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 right after being released, the first way they address God is this, Master. And they praise the Lord and they pray this incredible prayer. And then something miraculous happens. Look, look at verse thirty one. It says, after this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they preach the word of God with boldness. And maybe you're just amazed by this, but should it really surprise us? If we believe that God can work in anyone, including you, should it really surprise us that, that if we understand the, the power that we have that of Jesus living in us, should it really surprise us if we believe that God hears our prayer and that, that he is master? What? we must understand is that God answers our prayers like this. Yes, no, and not yet. But what happens if we, if what happens is we, we become afraid of God saying no. And so, and so we don't ask the question, right? We don't ask him in prayer or he says not yet. And we grow impatient and we, we give up. But the question we need to ask ourselves is whether we have faith whether we will have the faith that no matter what he answers, no matter if he says no or not yet, that we will continue to trust him. Will you trust him today? He may not always do what we ask or desire, or he may not do it immediately, but family, he is God and we are not, and we should trust him. He calls us to trust him. His way is best. His timing is perfect. Will you trust him today? The important thing is that we need to know whether we are asking it in God's will or not. First John 5, 14 says, and we are confident. Are you confident today? And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. Family, in order for his will to be active in our lives, we need to be walking, spending time with him. Just like the text we read here, they were amazed and recognized that they had been with Jesus. We must be walking and moving in the power of the Holy Spirit every moment, every day of our lives. And so what do we do with this? How do we take this truth that we just read today together and apply it in our lives? How do we, how do we start here in our hearts? Family, it comes right back to these questions. Do you believe that God created you unique? giving you specific gifts, works planned in advance for only you to walk in? Do you believe that God can use you? What lie are you listening to today about how you are not good enough, how you're lacking, how you're insufficient? Do you believe that God can work in you and through you? Do you recognize the power you have today? Jesus, that we get to tell about him, that we get to tell everything that he has done in our lives to the people that he's put around us. Will you choose God's way or will you choose the way of others? And lastly, do you believe that God hears you? How is he calling you to trust him today? What do you need to surrender to him today? What if he's just been waiting on you to say yes to him? We, we think about it in, in a way of us just waiting on him, and it seems like he's never answering us. But, but what if he is waiting on you to surrender to him today, to say yes? What if he won't go on 
until you say yes to him. Family, he's patient. What do you need to surrender to him today? Don't underestimate what is possible on the other side of your yes. Let's pray today. Almighty God, Lord, would you take the truth that we just read together, God, your word, would you drive it deep in our hearts? God, I pray for every heart that has heard your word right now, God. God, I pray that it would stir inside of them. God, that they would take a step towards you. God, that they would turn from the things that don't look like you. God, even the idols that we put in our lives, in your place. God, that we would turn from those things. That we would turn back to you. That we would repent. That we would say yes to you. God, what is it in my life right now that I need to turn from and I need to surrender to you? God, I pray that, that, that you would make that abundantly clear. And I believe right now that you are speaking into hearts right now. God, I pray that they would take a step towards you. That they would say yes to you. God, that you would just open their eyes to the things that you want to do in them and through them. God, I pray right now that they would see that they were handcrafted by the creator of the universe. That you have designed them in such a unique way. You have given them gifts. God, that you have planned works for them in advance for only them to walk in. And God, I pray that your church would start praying, God, who is it right now? God, put me before someone to tell all about you. God, I pray that we would just desire more and more people to come to know you, experience you, and to say yes to you. Lord, we love you. God, may it start right here in my heart. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.